Um, so the first reading is taken from the book of Ezra, and it's ver chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, and then verses 10 to 13. And it's headed, Rebuilding the Altar and Rebuilding the Temple. When, and let's just put that there. when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, son of Joazadak, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates, began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening sacrifices. And then reading from verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. And the gospel reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, reading from verses 1 to 7. And then from verses 27 to 42. And the first part is when Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And then reading from verse 27. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. 
But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. And the last reading take comes from Colossians chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 6. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Amen. Thanks be to God for the reading. Thank you. Now, our topic for today it's just what it says, there is fire on the mountain. Very, very important. We think about when there is fire, they tell you 
That's not a time for you to go to your wardrobe to look for your best suits. <laughs> That's not a time to go to your cupboard to look for those nice necklaces and trinkets. That's not a time. In fact, if you have certificates in your drawer, a PhD or whatever, that's not a time for you to go looking for those certificates. Because why? Life is at stake. Something is going to happen that if you don't take an immediate action, there'll be trouble. So when they say there's fire on the mountain, what do we do? We run. We run. We don't just, you know, lay back. Like right now, we are not envisaging any fire practice. So if there is any alarm that goes off, it's real. And so what do we do? We run. We look for the closest exit. And we go away. Go to a safe place. So you will leave for another day. But if the fire is on and you think, well, don't worry. We've heard that before. It will soon, you know, go up again. Oh, wow. When there is fire, there is smoke, and there is darkness. A fire officer went to help, you know, put out fire. And as he went into this corridor, it was very dark because of the smoke. And then suddenly, he felt like calling his mates to come and help because he saw a situation. But as he was gesticulating... The mate was gesticulating back at him. He waved and the mate also waved. Only for him to discover he was actually looking at a mirror. <laughs> and so whatever he was doing, the mirror was reflecting back. So he was getting frustrated, not knowing that actually it wasn't his mate he was calling. Because it was dark. The smoke was everywhere. And there's that story of a woman who called the fire service, you know, called emergency line. And she was crying. And the woman on the other side said, don't worry, ma'am, please just, just calm down, calm down. What's the problem? There's fire, there's fire, please come. He said, okay, tell us the address. She gave the address so quickly, she was still sobbing. She said, don't worry, we are coming. Of course, the fire service was on the way to her address. And they drove so quickly, in a matter of minutes, they were at her street, and they were looking, where's the fire? They couldn't find any fire. And they went to the address, and knocked, this woman came out crying. They said, you called, you said there is fire. He said, well, actually what happened is that the wind blew my doghouse over, and it fell on the dog. He said, but that's not fire. He said, well, if I told you it was a doghouse, you wouldn't come. You can see the frustration that these fire officers had. That they were called that there was fire, and they thought they were coming to save a life. Anyway, they saved the dog, but not really what they had in mind. It's important for us to know. Now, these people were responding because they felt there was fire. And the U.S. Fire Administration has this on their, you know, banner, fire is everyone's fight. Fire is what? 
everyone's fight. There was a time we were away, and then the house alarm began to ring. And of course, you know, when it starts, it begins to call people who are linked to that. And we were away. And then we were called to say, what's happening at home? We said, no, we're not at home. He said, oh, your alarm is ringing. We said, well, we don't know what to do. Could you go and look around? And they went and checked. Something must have triggered off the alarm. Thankfully, there was no fire. (laughs) Nothing of the sort. But someone had to respond because there was fire. As I was thinking about today, God was speaking to me, saying there's really fire on the mountain. But his people are very complacent. He said there's fire on the mountain. And his people are like the person who has the alarm set at a particular time. You know what happens when it sets up and you roll over and you hit the alarm to stop. That's what his people are doing. That the alarm is going off. Instead of responding, they are actually quenching, stopping the alarm. The Holy Spirit is speaking and they are quenching the Holy Spirit. And so God says to tell us there is fire on the mountain. And his people must respond to this call for action. So the scripture we read this morning, let's begin with John. John chapter 3, here Jesus was talking to a woman from Samaria. Meanwhile, this is a situation of fire on the mountain. Not the physical fire, but a different kind of fire. A spiritual fire. This woman was in trouble, but she didn't realize it. The encounter with Jesus changed her life forever. Amen. An encounter with Jesus can change your life, can change my life forever. And if only we allow him to do that. So this woman came to fetch water. Jesus was by the well. His disciples had gone to buy food. And so this woman comes. Of course, the same Jesus was thirsty. He says to the woman, please could you give me some water? Now the woman, being a Samaritan, was looking at Jesus from a different lens. She wasn't looking at Jesus' thirst or request for water. She was looking at Jesus being a Jew and herself being a Samaritan. How is it that you, a Jew, will be asking me, a Samaritan and a woman for that matter, for water? And so Jesus said to her, If only you knew who was asking you for this water, you will ask me for the kind of water that does not end. It keeps flowing. You will ask for this water so that you not keep coming back, fetching. And that's what that woman said to Jesus. Please give me that water. I don't want to make this trip anymore. But she was looking at the physical. But Jesus was talking of the spiritual. And so this woman, that conversation went on. But there was something else Jesus was getting at. And so Jesus said to her, all right, that's fine. Go and call your husband. If I'm going to get you this water, it's not just going to be you. It has to be your family. It has to be everyone else. 
And then this woman came out playing, said, sorry, I have no husband. Oh, wow, something is coming out here. And Jesus said, yes, I know, I know, it's very true. Oh, the truth started coming out. He said, yes, I know you very well. You have had five husbands, and the person you are living with now is not your husband. And this woman was shocked. How did Jesus know? But Jesus knew. Jesus is God. He knows everything. And Jesus began to minister to this woman and touch this woman's heart. This woman who was combative. This woman who was challenging. This woman who didn't want to hear was the one now running back home to go and call the whole village, not just the man he, she was living with. The whole town. Come and see the man who has told me everything about my life. That woman, her life was transformed, but she didn't want to keep it to herself. She went back to the village to call the people back to say, come and see. Amen. Do what? Come and see the man who has told me everything. And so this woman invited the whole of her village. Irrespective of the fact that she had received the bombshells of her life being, you know, read out for her. But something else was happening that she didn't mind. You see, some people hear the word of God. They begin to attack what the preacher said and are not hearing what God is saying to them. But this woman wasn't like that. She didn't want to say to Jesus, Jesus, why are you judging me like some people will say? Why are you judging me all the time? Leave me alone. It's my life. I want to live it the way I want. No, this woman was touched and she ran back to the village to tell the people, come and see something that I've never seen before. And the people came. Well, meanwhile, the disciples of Jesus came back and they were wondering, why are you talking with this woman? Why? Samaritan woman? And you alone with this woman? And they were just wondering. Okay, well, that's gone. Right, Lord, this is food. We've brought food. Eat. Jesus said, no, I have food that you don't know about. I pray God will open our eyes today to see the food the Lord is laying out in front of us. That we should eat and receive strength and go out there and be his witnesses like this woman. That woman received the food, and she went back to her village to tell everyone, come and see. How many of us, there is fire, and we will not wake our neighbor if we saw the smoke in our neighbor's house? This woman saw the fire, and she went out to tell the people, come and see. There is help here. Don't stay where you are. There is help. There was this day I went out to the market on Wednesday to give our Bible like Andy and um, his friends do every Wednesday. So on this particular day, I went out there. Andy had left, I think. <laughs> and so I went out there by myself and my uh, bishop friend who was here um, in May. So that was for them an experience to see how evangelism is done here. And we went out there into town center. And there was this young man. And I asked, would you like a Bible? His response was not only very rude, but was really very, very much aggressive. 
He said, I should leave this place, otherwise he's going to punch me. I said, no, calm down. What's the problem? I'm just giving you a Bible. He said, if I speak again, that he's going to punch me. My friend said, leave him alone, please. <laughs> and, you know, and um, the lady that was with him was just smiling. And I, I said to the lady, why, why is he so aggressive? She said, that is him. Leave him now. Leave him now. Well, I had to gently do what? Leave him alone. Because he, he didn't want anything. He said to me, this is not the real Bible. This is, um, oh, what did he call it again? The born again Bible, he said. I said, what's the difference? Bible is a Bible. He said, no, it's not the same thing. And I thought, okay, that's fine. And I left him. But this woman who met Jesus was open. She was willing to receive. She was humble before the Lord. And she wanted a change in her life. And when that change came, she didn't want to keep it to herself. She went to tell the whole village. Now, the book of Ezra tells us of a story of what happened in the time of Ezra. Now, you remember we did a Bible study in the book of Nehemiah, do you, last year? Now, originally, a bit of a background, Ezra and, Jer and uh, Nehemiah were actually one book. In the Jewish Bible, it's one book. But it had to be split for whatever reason. So if you look at Ezra and look at Nehemiah, you will find some stories that really resemble. So if you go back, I give you an assignment. Go and read Ezra and Nehemiah and you'll find what I'm saying. But anyway, chapter 3 of Nehemiah of Ezra, if you look at chapter 8, that's one, one link you have. Look at chapter 8 of Nehemiah, you will see almost same story being retold there. Because Ezra, first of all, went to, you know, the Babylonians had defeated Israel and taken the people captive. And then... The whole of Jerusalem was broken down. And Ezra went and approached the king and they sent him back to go and rebuild Jerusalem. But all the efforts he made, he had all this pushback and all the attacks, same as Nehemiah. And so Ezra couldn't finish the work until God sent Nehemiah as a second person to take another group of people back to Jerusalem. So that's the link. Now, here in chapter 3 of Ezra, we find there that they have finished building the temple and they were now raising the altar of sacrifice. And as they raised the altar of sacrifice and sacrificed unto the Lord, immediately there was a big cry. What was happening? They looked around, they saw that the older people were actually really shedding tears. And then the younger people were rejoicing and dancing as I was running around with my little friends here. They were rejoicing and dancing. Because why? They have never seen this before. This is a wonderful edifice, what God has done. But the older people who saw the first temple of Solomon with all the gold and everything, they were crying. They said, this is not like what it used to be before. 
They were crying, said, this is not it, Lord. Why do we have to go with this now? There are people, when God opens your eyes, you need to know that God wants to recover lost grounds with you. It doesn't matter whether it's crying for joy or crying for something lost. They made a joyful noise unto the Lord in the end. Because if you look at Nehemiah chapter 8, I think verse 10, it says, Don't sorrow. This is the day of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your what? Your strength. And they encouraged the people to rejoice. And the people were rejoicing now before the Lord. What happened? Why were they responding? It's because in that chapter 3, Ezra read out to them the word of God. Just like Jesus was speaking to this woman. When the word of God comes, there is revival. Amen. The fire we're talking about today, let me zero in now, is a fire of what? Revival. We've all been praying for revival. We've been asking God for revival. But you see, if you're not open to it, if you're not willing to receive it, if you're not crying out for it, it won't happen. The revival starts with the individual, like that woman at the well, before it cascades down to the rest of the population. So you and I, that revival must start with us in our hearts. The water God has given us is the water of life. And he's saying to us, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Say, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, what will happen? You will be filled. And so here we are today. Do you feel there is fire on the mountain? Or do you just feel, yeah, everything is all right? Everything is all right? But let me tell you, everything is not all right. Our world is going in a trajectory. If the Lord does not come back soon, things we see today are just child's play. The world is going in a direction, even the church, if the Lord does not bring the revival that we saw in time past, things are going to be worse in the church. There's a story of, you know, during the Welsh revival centuries ago. Now, one little village, a group of Christian men, five of them, were in the church one evening. They were having a meeting. And then they began to ask themselves, we are hearing of revival in that village, in that town, in that city. Why is it not happening here? Why is it not taking root here? And why not with us? And they began to cry on the, to the Lord. You know what? Their families waited. From that evening, by the time midnight came, the Spirit of the Lord came down powerfully. They were rolling on the ground. They were crying out to God. And their families, past midnight, you have not seen your husband. You get worried. What's happening? Their families left the village to come to the church to look for them. And when they came, the power of the Holy Spirit hit them. All of them began to pray and call out to the Lord. That's how revival broke out in that village. Revival will break out here. It will break out here when we all call out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, God, this is the time. We are ready. We are open. Touch us, Lord. Transform us, Lord. Reminds me, finally, of an experience I had years back. 
we were in a fellowship meeting, and as we were praying, suddenly, one brother began to cry out, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy. We were like, what's happening here? And as he was crying out, another person began to cry out. It was nobody said anything about anything, but the Spirit of God came so powerfully. And then that first brother, who started crying out, stood up and began to confess. He said, look, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My heart, I can't hold it anymore. I did this day. I did that day. He began to confess his sins. By the time he was finishing, the next person, the next person, the next person, the Spirit of God was so powerful. Nobody was engineering anything. People just began to respond to the Lord that day. Because they knew, they knew there was a hunger God put in them. I pray today God will put a hunger in you and I. I pray today that we will not leave this place the same. Shall we just pray? Shall we just pray? I don't know for you. But I am feeling and sensing in my heart. God is saying to me this morning, call out for the people who will call for revival. God is saying to you, if you're going to be one of those, that you have to take a step of faith to say, Lord, I want to see that revival in my life, in your church, in our community. Lord, we want to see that revival. I want us to begin to call out to the Lord this morning. As we come to prayer, just call out to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to see this revival. Lord, transform my heart. Lord, change my heart. Lord, change our church. Lord, change our community. Lord, change our nation. That's the prayer that the Lord is wanting us to call out to him this morning. Let it be something that is coming from inside. Let it be something, a desire. I hear the Lord say to you, stop giving excuses about yourself. When the Lord is asking you to do something, I say, but Lord, but Lord. Some people will even say, oh, let me be the devil's advocate. Come on. The Lord is calling you to be his witnesses, not to be the devil's advocate. Don't begin to give excuses why you couldn't. That woman at the well, she didn't wait. She went out calling the whole village, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And the whole people came responding. If you want to join me, because I believe that we are entering a season that will prelude the revival of the Lord. If you want to be one of those who will be calling out to the Lord in prayer, and you want it to start with you, I want you to rise up on your feet with me at this time. You say, Lord, let it start with me. Lord, I stand in the gap to call for your revival in our time, in our town, in our day. If you want to join me in that, please, can you rise on your feet? Let's pray together right now to say, God, to send out his revival. God bless you. God bless you. You want to play something? Yeah, just, 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 because we are really at a very, very, at a crossroad, I will tell you. After COVID, the church seemed to have come to a point where there's this lethargy. No, we can't go that way. The Lord is calling the church back to life. Oh, yes, the church, the Lord is calling the church back to life.
The church is being called back to life. The church is being called back to life. I think uh, Joanna has some song she wants to sing. You want to sing that? But as you do that, let's just begin to pray among ourselves. Okay, let's just call out to Lord. To say, Lord, send your revival among us today. Beginning right here, right now. I know that some of you will receive a message from the Lord as we are praying right now. Because I can sense the anointing of the Lord powerfully here. I can sense the power of the Lord here. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ancient of Days. Just before we round up the prayers, just give a moment of listening. Oh yes, I know the Lord is here. Just don't be in a hurry. This is a very important time. I believe that we will remember today as a very important milestone in the life of this church. Oh yes, yes. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Mm. Mm. To open our heart. To open our heart, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, renew us, revive us, take over. Take over. Feel every vessel here, Lord. Oh, let it be a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blowing across. Let dry bones come back to life. Yes, Lord, let dry bones come back to life. Yes, Lord, we are done with excuses. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We are done with excuses. We are ready now, Lord, to go with you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a word the Lord is giving you? Just, just call it out. Is there a word the Lord is giving you? Just call it out wherever you are.
And I think Nehemiah recognized that period of change. As George says, some of the old people said, oh, it's not what it used to be. And that was right, but they missed the new thing that God was doing. And I think, you know, what we need to do is to dig into the Spirit and say, Lord, when is the time we move from building up the church to rebuilding the city? When is it that we say the past was good, but something new is happening and it's better? Amen. So God is saying, let's move from the past. The past is past now. Let's begin to embrace the new that he's bringing. Hallelujah. Any other word? So Father, we thank you today. Lord, we have stood up before you to say, Lord, let the revival start with us. Lord, in any way that we have been complacent, in any way, O oh Lord Almighty, that we have held back, in any way that we have obstructed your Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, forgive us. Empower us now. Anoint us afresh, Lord, that we go out in the power of the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to your world around us. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Oh, we embrace the new. <laughs> we embrace, Lord, the new. We embrace the blessing, Lord. We, em we enter into that door you open. We enter, Lord Almighty, into the new that you have brought us into. Thank you, Father. Amen. We are not holding back anymore. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Be exalted, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say, Amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. Please be seated. <laughs>